hopefully it doesn't get cut off. So here, I think, Carl, if we're ready to go, uh, we're going to press play.
Okay, hopefully, um, hopefully the audio didn't die there at the end. No, I think we got the whole thing. wants me to turn on my video, which I can do. Sort of overrated. My appearance today. Slightly overrated. Um, and so, uh, you know, welcome everybody. I'm here with Carl and Vin, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit to start off about um, the SFU concert in New York this weekend. Um, uh, Vin, do you have your tickets yet or, or what? I have my tickets. Yes, I do. Um, I'm sitting on the second level in a nice spot acoustically. Did you pick? Did you pick the acoustic spot there? I did pick the acoustic spot. I always hate sitting on the on the floor for pipe band contests, uh, pipe band concerts. You know, uh, just the sound doesn't project right, and you always get sort of a weird view. It's good for plays and such, but not for pipe bands. Yeah, Carl, how's the balance between Vin and my volume there? Vin, you definitely have to come up a little bit. Yeah, you seem pretty quiet here. It's always an issue. It's one of the issues we have is trying to get the audio right. But Man, I got this thing turned up. Yeah, now I can hear you. <laughs> um, Vin, tell me, like, have you been to the Lincoln Center before? Because I haven't actually been there. I have. I have. Avery Fisher Hall is a, is a nice place. It's a it's a nice, nice space acoustically. Um, you know, I think a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, ensembles of various kinds love playing there better than, say, some of the other theaters in New York, mainly because of the acoustics. I think it was redesigned probably about 15 years ago or so, um, and it was all the rage uh, because it had some sort of cutting-edge uh, setup of some kind. I'm not really sure what, but um, I, I do know that a lot of musicians love playing there only because of the sound sound quality, you know, and the way it projects through the hall and uh, so it should be should be pretty good. It'd be interesting to see how a pipe band does fares in a place like that, you know. It certainly looks like it certainly looks uh, a little bit uh, daunting. I was Wikipedia in the uh, stage, and uh, it looks like it's a big square area that's got wood boards on all sides. Yeah, and it's and it's got it's sort of the the, the baffling is really kind of interesting. I mean, uh, last time I was there, I remember. Uh, Sort of examine. It's got sort of these layers of, of wood paneling, which is kind of interesting. Um, you know, much better than than say Carnegie Hall, which the band played at how long ago now? 15, 14, 7, I don't even know. Fourteen years ago, something like that. Um, which where the acoustics weren't the greatest, actually. You know, um, just in terms of the hall, the hall's set up for a completely different kind of kind of projection for a different kind of music. You know. Now, what's the hall? What's this hall called again, Vin? You said the Avery uh... Fisher Hall. Avery Fisher Hall. Avery Fisher Hall. Okay, maybe I was looking at the wrong one. Maybe. But uh, let me see. I, I'm going to see if I can bring up a picture of it. Um, oops, somebody already beat me to it. Yeah, so here's a... Um, go ahead, Vin. Keep talking. <laughs> I, I, well, anyway, it's a, I mean, if anybody, if everybody's uh, got their tickets or is looking to buy tickets, I think they're still available, and I think 
that'd definitely be worth the trip. Um, Lincoln Center's, you know, a gorgeous complex right there in the middle of Manhattan. So, um, who here's got their who here's got their tickets? Anybody, uh, anybody in the audience today going to the show? Here we go. Looks like Hal Grout's got his. And Hal, I can um, now that I know that's you, I can change your uh, your name there. Whoops, I just changed my name to Hal Grout. That didn't work. <laughs> yeah, the, and, and the theater's not, it's not in, enormous, you know. The, the theater's, it's sort of a, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's built to accommodate, a, you know, a, not an enormous crowd like some of the other theaters that you're, if you're used to going to Broadway shows or whatnot, you know, the seating is pretty vast, um, which sets you far back from the stage. I think if this shot that we're looking at, I think is probably from the very, very back. So you still get a pretty good shot of, uh, you know, probably on the third or fourth level there. So you probably get a good show no matter where you're sitting. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. I mean, I know having performed at a variety of concert halls with SFU, you know, they're always very working really hard um, to get the sound right inside of a, an area that big. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Uh, you know, they'll often play a smaller drum corps, for example, uh, really, and yeah. so on and so forth. In order, it looks to, like they've got plenty of depth there to set up, uh, you know, risers and whatnot if they, to to project the sound better. So, uh, unlike some of the the stages in Scotland, I think the the uh, Royal Academy Music has got a pretty tiny stage by comparison. From what I remember, yeah, the Royal Glasgow Concert Halls can be pretty tight, certainly with the size that that bands are getting now. Um, so, you know, that would have been, their affirmation concert would have been on that stage, right? So, Yeah. What do you think lies in store for us on Friday? I don't know. I've kind of been, uh, I, I know I've heard some of the material that, uh, when I was out in uh, British Columbia a few weeks ago. Um, I've, you know, they've definitely got some interesting, cool things going. Um I'm hearing an echo of myself. I think, Vin, are your headphones up too loud or something? I don't think so. Let me see here. Or maybe I'm coming through Carl's mic. No, he's muted. But I digress. So I was there's this one sort of like jamming with rab set, which are like these, <laughs> these weird like funky 2-4 marches that Rab Wallace wrote, I guess. And uh, Jamming with rab. Yeah, they, they they're kind of, of yeah, funky. Like I think he's got, a, he's got a he's got a class on a, on the workshop on Saturday or Sunday, uh, with has something to do with like you know, variety of styles of playing or something like that. Uh, yeah, like let's. Of that. Are, now, are you going to the workshop as well, Vin? I am. I am going to the workshop as well. I get, and uh, so, my daughter's taking the dancing as well. So we got a whole. What's full going on there? Like, weekend. give us a rundown of what's going on there. Well, let me see here. I gotta. I got the brochure handy here. I mean, it's all your usual fare. Um, I think Jack Lee's teaching a bunch of bunch of classes like chanter tuning and uh, creating great bagpipe tone, um, achieving a great chanter sound, MSR expression, and uh, piping under pressure. Yuri Chisholm's got a nice class of piping under pressure, which is I think I'm going to sit in on. That'd be cool. Uh, I think we've all who's doing some. that one. Uh, Yori Chisholm is going to be doing that class. Yeah. So that should be pretty interesting. 
Um, and then Rab's teaching styles and expressions, sort of a, a class about different different ways of approaching the playing of a music on the pipes, I guess, which uh, could be interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, the drumming the drumming drumming classes seem pretty pretty interesting as well. If you're into that, lots of, lots of interesting things there as well. But it looks pretty good. I think I, you know, I'm gonna date myself now. I was at the the Carnegie Hall concert, and I went to that weekend's worth of oh, you're workshops. Old. Oh, I know. <laughs> Tell I, me I about it. Eric McNeil went to that concert, so you're not that old. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Yeah, how to be working? Well, or or maybe getting old. Maybe that's the way it works. <laughs> but uh, it was a great concert. Um, you know, I th I think that it's if was if if anything, you know that band is able to pull it together, you know, for a success every time out almost, you know, when they hit the stage, it's always seems to be top notch. And, uh, and you know, when, you know, you never leave disappointed, that's for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, having, I've been part of this process and of course now it's, it's even better than, than before, but you know, uh, the way that it happens is through a lot of, uh, extremely hard work. So, you know, a lot of really talented people working really hard together. I think that's sort of that's how the SFU pipe band has been so successful. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's really kind of a kind of a testament to that to that system. I mean, what kind of how, you know, if you had to go head by head, you know, what players were there 14 years ago at Carnegie Hall? You know, um, uh, probably not core, a lot. The core know? was there. Yeah, I think the core was there, and you know, it's sort of been an expansive era in pipe bands, right? The band's probably twice as well, certainly half again as big as it was when it played at Carnegie Hall. At Carnegie Hall, it would have had, uh, you know, probably 17 or maybe 18 pipers mm -hmm. in the band total. And that, was, and that was considered big back then. You know, that was, yeah. you know, the, the scuttlebutt, the conversations back then in grade one were, you know, oh, 18, 20 pipers, you know, that's just too big. <laughs> yeah, now you, know, you have Field Marshal and SFU and, and the like going out. They have 24, 20, 28 pipes, you know, um, and endless amounts of sides and whatnot, small armies, basically. So, um, you know, sort of the worries back then only sort of, you know, just carried forward, and, and you just have constant expansion. Hal says Eric McNeil was two when he went? Might have been twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't speak to that. But uh, actually, I can speak to that. I know he's uh, one year older than me, and not to date myself, but at Carnegie Hall, I would have been. Well, when was that? Ninety-eight. So, fourteen years ago. So yeah, he would have been like thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> very, very great concert for an impressionable young teenager. Yeah, well, I remember uh, SFU Pipe Band came to the Altamont Games in 1996, and that was, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, somehow we were able to weasel, like, it wasn't assigned seating. It was just in the uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the main sort of um, grandstand area, and we managed to finagle front row seats, and that was, um, I, I don't know how many others were around our area at that time, but uh, there was just nothing remotely i've never heard anything remotely like that live um yeah know. yeah that was a, that was a good year for them as well i think uh, they also played was that the same year they played in chicago i think it might uh, have been. yes was that, that was year the same before tour. yeah it was yeah. The same tour. 
Yeah. Although it was after their second win, though. So Alive in America would have been April of that year before they had won the second time in a row. Um, and then, so they had just come off their second victory at the Worlds when, when they were in Altamont. So. Um, and I remember, I remember some, some guy gave the Manchester Drum Corps first over the, first over the SFU Drum Corps. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, I mean, don't... Don't get me wrong. It, it's certainly one of the best cores we've seen on the East Coast, uh, maybe ever. But uh, to put the first over as a view is pretty bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it's a sort of sort of local hubris, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Reed Maxwell wasn't like he wasn't overly pleased, perhaps, that uh, that, that happened. But, uh, you know, so it's pretty pretty interesting, pretty fun weekend. And of course, at the time, I remember being all like. Yeah, pumped up like woohoo! Yeah. Manchester Core beat SFU. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah here, here we are. Here we are. Uh, what, 15 years later or more later, and uh, you know they're still at the top of their game. Oh yeah. You know that's because it's like you know you have to like sort of pull these things apart. You know that's things that set apart set apart for a reason. You know. You know. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think they they set trends? SFU. You think they they set trends in pipe bands? And not necessarily at the top, you know, at their level, but maybe below their level, maybe in the lower grades. Um, you know, I, I tend to think, I mean, everybody's, there are a lot of people that are fans of the band. You know, they're fans of the band, they love the music, but uh, um, do you think it's within reach for a lot of people to sort of emulate or even strive for? Or do you think they're well, so think far one. out there that, you know, it's, 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 a, it's something that's only attainable by listening <laughs> you know i think that sfu I, you know and, and again this is just a personal opinion and it's you know um it's definitely i'm not trying to impose this opinion on anyone else but uh it's definitely my opinion that sfu is the world's best pipe band period um i've been you know and i played in the band i saw how things work on the inside but i've also been outside of the band as well like obviously growing up listening to the band and now now I have my own band, and I will tell you that, uh, you know, if you look at the top bands, even even in grade one, right, the top bands are definitely emulating what SFU is doing, and they, SFU certainly um, they certainly pioneered the modern pipe band sound, and uh, you know if you take Richard Parks for example, which would be sort of the arch rival of the SFU pipe band, um, you know they've been at the top of the world for what the past. 12, 15 years or something, right. you know, and even Richard will, um, will say that, uh, Jack and Terry Lee were his, you know, some of his primary inspiration when it came to putting together a great sound, uh, you know, also obviously Strathclyde police as well would, were the precursor to probably both sounds, but right. that, that band in, in the form that it was in is, is no longer, yeah, sort of you was, you know, once upon a time was I think considered the best band to never win the worlds. They were, you know, one of those, they fell in that group perennially second, third and fourth, you know, numerous times in a row before they finally yeah. cracked it. You know, um, I don't remember the exact years, but it goes something like this. I think as if you, and again, don't quote me uh, on the exact dates, but um, you know, SFU went to the worlds for the first time in 1981, I believe. Um, and then uh, they took a year off, and then in 1983 they returned, and they were second in the world in piping uh, yeah. by 1983. And then, of course, um, in 1985 they were also uh, second in the world in piping, 
1987. See, I feel like I'm off a little bit. Don't quote me on that. But my point would be that um, with the exception of the Strathclyde police, um, you know, SFU piping's been at the top of the world since early 80s, mm -hmm. yeah, which is pretty easily. impressive rain there. Yeah, I think, you know, in the, and I think the year that 78th became, you know, the first non-Scottish band to win the Worlds in 87, right? Um, I think they were second. <laughs> oh, for uh, sure. And, and the yeah. thing that's interesting about that is that in 1987, um, you know, the reason the 70th Frasers won was not, and, and again, this is just uh, how I understand it. I, I haven't actually seen the breakdown. But uh, it was the fact that Reed Maxwell won the drumming that year that put them over the top, and that SFU was was down quite a bit in drumming in '87. Right. And so that's the reason. So what's interesting is that Reed Maxwell, who would ultimately move to SFU, uh, was the reason this. Frasers won in 1987, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. I hear myself uh, going there. So, um, are you back with us, Finn? Or we lost you for a second. I, I, I am. There was a there was a stall in the connection there for a while. Not sure why. Yeah. So anyway, I, I thought that was pretty interesting, and and anyway, I definitely want to, you know, help help uh, promote their concert in any way I can and definitely recommend if you if you can if you can get down there on Friday night to New York City um, to check it out um, I am unfortunately not able to make it uh, for the concert but I will be there on a Saturday and for the Kaylee and stuff like that so Excellent. and I guess you know if, if, see if you can sense see if you can sense that I'm uh, performing a segue and I guess that they are um, recording the concert Yes, I believe they are. I believe they are. <laughs> um, which is which is pretty cool. Um, according to Pipe Strums, uh, there's going to be a return of Beaches of Harris, which we're going to play a little bit later, which is a really cool piece by Mark Saul, who actually talked uh, a little bit about the Beaches of Harris in one of his recent classes, um, which is going to be cool. And I guess Stuart Little is going to make an appearance. That's that's the rumor, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, he's on this side of the uh, Atlantic, so I don't see why he would go back home so close to, uh, you know, an, an event like that. So even though he's just as far away from New York as he would be if he was home, probably <laughs> something like that, you know, on the other side of the country. Yeah, so um, it'll be I think it'll be exciting. I think I'm sure he'll do the, the Mason's apron and what have you, so. So that'll be pretty exciting. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who they get to record the show. I wonder if Murray Blair will be back. He's, of course, the famous uh, producer of pipe band music, which is uh, Yeah, it's cool. inter interesting. Um, New, York is, New York is kind of a weird place when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, all these halls have their own, uh, their own gigs going, you know, when it comes to media and recording and technicians and whatnot, you know. Um, I think the theater theater groups are very unionized over there, um, you've, so you've got a lot of a lot of rules <laughs> that have to be followed. So it would be interesting. I'm not sure if uh, it's just a simple matter of just going in and recording. You might have to sort of, you know, 
toe the line, as it were. Yeah, well, let's talk about um, one of the next things that we wanted to talk about today was just generally, you know, issues surrounding recording your own your own playing. And, and of course, you know, um, to complete the pathetic segue, you know, uh, SFU is obviously, you know, uh, they're interested in recording something that's going to live forever. Um, but another thing the band will do is they'll record themselves practicing as well and analyzing what's going on. And I think that's an issue that a lot of people are kind of certainly find that in or more. A lot of people are kind of afraid to record themselves and don't know how to do it and don't know even where to start. And, you know, then yeah. maybe I know that you, you're a big fan of the zoom. And yeah. The, the zoom, Zoom's. the zoom handy H2 recorder is a, is a great, a great piece of uh, recording technology. So I mean, it's, it's basically made for acoustic live recording, you know, on the fly. Um, so it's got a lot of uh, handy features that, uh, you know, that, that's, that, you know, soup piping well, you know, um, and it definitely gives you a good result when you're recording either something live that you're attending or yourself in your, your, your practice space. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, you know, and I think just the fact that this, there's this little thing that's no bigger than a camera, not unlike a lot of different other, you know, recorders, portable recorders, you know, the, the, it's never been easier to record yourself, you know. Yeah, um, it's really, and, a, and, and like, let me see if maybe I can bring it up. Um, because it's really sweet. Uh, yeah, and I think you know, in speaking to what you know, what, what you said before, a lot of people are just afraid to record themselves. I mean, it's not even so much you know knowing how to do it or employ the technology, because we all use technology in some form. Uh, so the comfort levels there are nothing to, to get in the way or to impede your uh, your efforts. But I think it's a, it's a psychological resistance, right? It's a you know it's. No, everyone's afraid to hear themselves. You know, they're not necessarily afraid to record them, but they're afraid of what they end up hearing <laughs> at the end of it. Um, yeah, I and, mean, and, and, then what is yours called again? H2. It's, yeah, it's exactly that. The Zoom H2 handy recorder, it's called, and that's that's it there, Carl's zooming in on it. It's Carl's zooming in. Pretty, on pretty it? much. Oh yeah, yeah he's got one there. Yeah. It's pretty much unchanged for 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 you know a good handful of years. You know, it doesn't really. Um, you know, it's been the same. <laughs> I've got one that's about, oh gosh, it's got to be. They have other ones. They have hardcore, like super expensive oh, yeah. ones. They really do, yeah. Um, Which is pretty cool. But this one is just easy and it's not too much. I'm going to share um, my Amazon here. Um, hopefully. on as we address our uh, our uh, recording difficulties here but anyway um, as they're as they're uh, struggling with that um, yeah I mean it's it's you know I, I find recording myself a really handy tool um, to, to looking at uh, to listening to you know my own playing once you get over the psychological hurdle um, I know a lot of people that I talk to out there are uh, very resistant to um, you know 
to hearing themselves and and I you know I definitely was one of them for a while you know as I started doing it and it's but once you get over that it's really kind of a, a an easy thing and it's kind of exciting too you know I mean it, it's it's a strange thing as as performing musicians as pipers we you know are so resistant to hearing ourselves uh, play when we're more more than eager to hear other people play uh, and and you sort of got to think of it that way you know it's thinking you know even if you have to imagine <laughs> yourself um, you know as somebody else that you're listening to you know if you have to uh, and, I, and I think we have everybody back. back right and I feel um, great and I feel better than oh, ever <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear me swear did you I'm really sorry if I have violated the PG rating <laughs> I, uh, I, I had a brief slip there so sorry if you heard that F-bomb there yeah no problem. So my my order was still working. I was just telling uh, telling everybody, uh, going over more or less how to overcome the the psychological hurdles of, of trying to you know of hearing yourself, you know, recorded. Yes. Um, in all its imperfect imperfect glory, you know. Um, you know, it's it's really once you get over that hurdle, it's it really becomes a, a useful tool and 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 also kind of exciting. You know, I mean, you you know, you're always used to playing. You don't really get to get the feel of what it's like to be in an audience listening to yourself play. I mean, you know. Um, is there a reason the, the the person you played Amazing Grace for is weeping right now? I don't know. You know, when you're playing it, you start, it felt good maybe, but you know, to actually hear it as if someone were playing it to you is a different different experience. Um, you know, I, yeah. I actually I, I just republished a post I uh, I put up on 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 Pipe Hacker um, last year, last February actually, on being your own judge, and uh, you know, I mentioned a study. And there's a couple of studies actually that that. Um, studied you know the perception of music versus you know in, in active mode versus passive mode and there are def definitely different brain activities going on so your actual perception of music changes whether you're actively doing it and or actively listening to it um, so you know the act you know the, the act of listening to yourself and being your own piping judges is uh, is something that everybody probably should get used to doing you know we we're more than eager to do it uh, on games day on the field listening to our competitors or um, going to a local contest or recital and listening to um, you know some of the best in the world play but you know I think we got to apply the same techniques to ourselves you know if we're going to move forward uh, and improve you know yeah um, I, I'm with you on that one I, I think that uh, yeah it's interesting score sheets are easier though aren't they I mean Having someone tell you what they thought is easier than listening to yourself. Isn't absolutely, it? absolutely, yeah. Which is which is why you know you sort of you can you can always you know, can pretend you know write your own score sheets for your own self you know. Well, that's um, just it. I think it, I know. think denial is is a big problem in when it comes to music musicians. So someone will tell you, oh, you were you were not that great, and here's why. And you could say, oh, well, that person got lessons from the McPherson style, and I'm a Cameron, and so I'm not listening to what he has to say. <laughs> right, exactly. As opposed to, <laughs> but when you get out that recorder and you decide that you're going to honestly listen to yourself and improve it, mm -hmm. uh, that's a different story. I, I'm always, you know, I, I think I'd do the same thing. I, I'm better when I'm motivated, but, you know, I, I often I convince myself it's too much work to record myself. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, yeah, not, I, I, that's a lot of work. I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> got it. I got it. I'm there too. You know, it is. It can get tedious. You know, especially if you know you do what I do, and it's, I just sort of flip it on at, at you know five or ten minutes into the into the session and just leave it going. Um, you know, 
to put to go back later and pull it in and, and, and pull out the good bits if, if you want to sort of save them or, or listen to the whole thing you know if you practice for an hour that's another hour you're sitting there listening to your own playing and it can get it can get tedious but uh I think it's 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 definitely worthwhile it's not something you can't do you know as you're driving in the car or you know um, you know sitting in bed before you go to sleep I don't know you know there's there's lots of lots of opportunities you can just sort of you know turn it on and just give a listen you know um, and and there's insights you gain that you can't gain when you're playing you know I, I don't know I, I mean I, I I suffer from you know the the, the insufferable uh, trait of, of not being able to hear certain obvious things you know when I play um, and it's only until I listen to them when they're recorded that I actually hear them and they stand out enough for me to say oh you know I have to fix that <laughs> you know I have to I have to I have to do something about that um, so it's definitely a worthy exercise yeah, yeah I've definitely been using the recording device a lot more in my own playing um, kind of using it as a way to like uh, prepare for a competition you know I treat it the same way I would a competition I get you know my pipes going warm up and everything then hit the record button play a set stop you know, retune, then record the next set and just kind of go through that way. And uh, that way I can go back and listen to each individual set and then kind of decide where I need to tweak things and make changes. Uh, so I've really been enjoying the recording process lately. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, if you're serious about improving, it is the number one most important thing that you need to be doing. Uh, because ultimately, uh, I don't know, you can get as many lessons as you want, but if you can't critically listen to your own playing, uh, the lessons aren't going to be very useful. Um, some people saying that they bought the Olympus recorder. Um, you know, I, I think that's a cool recorder too. Um, for me, the main thing is I, I can make MP3s really easily and that I can bring them into my computer really easily too. So it looks like the Olympus can do that. It's not a whole lot of money. And, um, you know, the issue is you just want to make sure that um, it's not distorted audio. That's the key. So um, having adjustable audio uh, levels is really important. That's one thing that the Zoom does really well is it, it's going to give you high-fidelity yeah. recording. Yeah, and, there's, and there's also an option to do that, uh, that kind of adjustment on the fly. So as it's recording, it's adjusting based on, you know, the, 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 the volume of what's going on. And for pipes, that's, that's ideal. You know, particularly if you're bringing along to a to a concert or you know a competition and listening, whether you're indoors or outdoors, it's really helpful because then then the fidelity of the recording is the same um, no matter where you are. And then it's just a matter of you know, I, I've 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 tinkered around with a lot of recordings uh, from competitions and and you get a really good result. You, there's a lot there to work with um, if you know you throw it into your music editor of choice and uh, you can really get a nice nice result, very high quality. You know, almost, almost, you know, professional level, I think. Yeah, um, I'm with there. Uh, talk a little. Let's talk a little bit more about audio editor of choice. What do you mean there, Ben? I use. You well, mean, I use. You I'm can edit about, the, the audio. You mean yeah, yeah. You can you can change how you sound <laughs> if you want, yeah. uh, if you're into that. You know, but um, yeah. The, the in terms of like, you know, like I said, you you record an hour's worth of set. You know, of playing. You want to pull out the good bits, and you can't do that unless you're, you know, using a program such as Audacity, which is free, or one of these other ones. I use uh, Adobe Sound Booth, which is a very sort of high-level audio um, editing program. Yeah, and I'm going to show you. Um, I wanted to bring in Audacity really quickly. 
And uh, Carl's going to yell at me. Hopefully it doesn't shut down the uh, whole thing again. Yeah. Unfortunately, for, bag, <laughs> for bagpipes, I've, I've messed around with sometimes uh, the pitch and timing uh, adjustments. And it's, you know, bagpipes are funny. Uh, and maybe, maybe other instruments aren't as susceptible to the changes. Uh, but bagpipes seem to be really, really susceptible to those kinds. So you can't, so you can't slow down your, your too fast real playing, for example, or, uh, you know, change the pitch of your, you know, too sharp channer uh, in these programs without getting some really wacky result. <laughs> so, yeah, fair warning. Um, yeah, but this is Audacity, and one of the things that's fun to do, um, and I don't know if I have any good MP3s I can bring in here, uh, MP3. Um, yeah, like so here, for example, you could make a recording and it could be an MP3 or anything, and then you could literally just drag it in to your Audacity. And uh, it brings it in, pops it in, and by the way, this is totally free. You just go to Audacity in Google and you'll find it. Um, and you can't hear this because I have my headphones on. But here's like the audio that I took in, and I can do a variety of things to it. And sometimes all you want to do is you want to find the piece that you like. And then you can just export it as an MP3 or something of the sort. Uh, export selection, and um, and so that's you know so that's the the right way to do it. I think is is record yourself for an hour, um, just press play at the beginning of your practice session, and then sit down at Audacity when you have some time and just listen through the session. If there's something good or something something that you want to show your teacher to ask for feedback on or whatever, you can grab that chunk, um, export it. And uh, the cool thing is that you can export really small files as well. So if you need to email it, um, Audacity is really good for that. And I love the price tag on Audacity. It's really good. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, so, and, and, you know, these things come in, these, these have, you know, all these techniques have dual purposes. You know, I, I like, you know, I like recording, uh, Pibrock contests uh, when I can, you know, high-level ones, and and creating, you know, my own personal library of, of, of players and tunes, you know, um, and playing around with the recording. So, you know, you're at a, you're at a concert, like say, example for the Metro Cup, and it's, you know, you got on average all these players tuning for, uh, you know, nine to eleven minutes yeah. on average. You know, I love that. that's a lot of time on, you know, in, in you know, like taken up. So you got to edit that stuff out. Um, and, and start it, you know, in a little more uh, seamless fashion. So um, that's, a, that's, a, that's always a nice nice thing to get. And then you got your own library of tunes that you can easily sort and listen to and create your own collections there. Yeah. So, um, so that's a little bit about recording. One of the things, too, is, and some people are mentioning iPhone apps and stuff like that. You know, those are great. You just have to listen to it if, if it's distorted. Um, you just put some distance between you and the device. Um, that really, you know, so instead of standing right up in front of your computer, try standing 15 feet away, um, and you can get a pretty good quality recording. It's just at a certain volume, microphones distort. That's just kind of the way it is. So um, you want to find the right distance away and start to play around that way. Um, you know, so if you're if you're on a Mac or an iPhone or just your laptop speaker or something like that. Um, just stand a little bit further away, and you're going to get pretty okay quality audio. The same thing is going to be true if you're taking a Skype lesson or if you're on Dojo U even, and um, you're doing a performance class. You can just get your pipes out, 
and stand 20 feet away or something like that and, uh, you know, work on some material. So, uh, you know, that's, yeah. let me know, uh, tell me if anybody out there has any questions about recording that, that they have. Is, um, I think, it's one of the things that, uh, you know, I think as, as performing musicians, it's kind of strange that we don't do this more, you know, that all of us don't do this more, you know, that we have to sort of tell people to do it. It's not something obvious, you know. Um, so, you know, we, we, we like standing and, you know, standing up and making a lot of noise. <laughs> we should be able to capture that some way. We should want to capture that some way, you know. If anything, for posterity, for your own sake, you know. Just so, you know, so you can play for your grandkids one day and say, here, this is how Grandpa sounded. You know, so... Um, definitely um, a worthy thing. Yeah, Facebook viewer says Z. <laughs> I wonder what that means. <laughs> How to move that? Does the Zoom record an MP3 format? Yes, it does. The Zoom uh, records an MP3 format, and it'll also do like full quality wave format as well. You know, for super high quality stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it can be a little slow when you're doing it. It has all the functionality of your typical uh, bare-bones audio editor, too. It can convert files and convert formats and, and whatnot and change attenuation if you want to, And but it's really slow. So it's definitely better to just pull it off your, your SD card and, uh, and work with it on your computer. Yeah, let your computer um, handle that part. Yeah. Um, but it's good yeah. for the field, you know, if you're ever stuck and you need to, like, you know, recap whatever you recorded real quickly. It's It's... Uh, Perfect for band practice too. Absolutely. Uh, put a zoom, put a zoom recorder like 20 feet outside the top of the circle, like up uh, where the pipe major is, and you're going to get a really good recording of the band. Oh yeah, uh, it's got it's got a standard uh, standard threaded uh, jack for uh, mic stands and and whatnot, and it could easily be screwed onto a tripod or anything else that you have. It's pretty standard, and uh, so you can put it in, on anything and anywhere, you know, just like a real mic. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Um, we have, um, I know people are dying to uh, learn about our product of the week. So, uh, <laughs> Carl, Carl why don't you get set up with that? I know, I, I know I've actually, uh, I'm actually kind of interested to see the presentation and how exciting, how excited people are going to get. Um, one, one thing, you know, while Carl's getting set up, I would just say that, um, you know, Dojo U is going really well. You might have seen our quick Facebook post that we, we reached over 100 uh, paying members uh, yesterday, or was it the day before? So um, things are going well and um, getting a really good turnout. And um, and Bruce Gandy's class starts next week. And his class is kind of going to be all about um, evaluating your own playing, which is kind of, you know, what we're talking about when we talk about uh, recording yourself. You know, so... Um, so I really hope yeah, you'll join really us. Interesting. Yeah. Bring bring in some recordings from the Olympus or the Zoom or uh, anything. And um, uh, yeah. So anyway, I digress. Without further ado, the famous Carl Donnelly. Hello. Uh, so this week's product review are well, these wristies. I, I better roll up my sleeves. I'm wearing black on black here, but. Um, we sell these wristies. They're really uh, kind of a nice thing. I've been wearing them for the last hour, um, and uh, they're great for, for piping uh, for several reasons. One, it keeps your hands warm, but it also keeps 
uh, you know, part of these tendons warm, which is important for really good uh, finger dexterity. Um, these, the ones that I'm wearing are the pro version. They're slightly longer um, than some of the others that we offer, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, it's made from a mix of nylon polyester and uh, uh, like rayon or something. There's three, three products. It's stretchy. It's very nice, warm, woolly on the inside. Um, they're not itchy. Uh, these are perfect for wicking moisture away. So, uh, you know, my hands aren't sweating or anything like that. It's not getting uncomfortable. They're nice and warm, dry. And um, obviously, you can play quite well. Um, on a channer with you know no uh, kind of interruption. I know it wouldn't work quite as well for for drummers because uh, they use this portion of. Can I get your pipes out and play us a tune. Your hands. No, I'm not going to play a tune today. But uh, there you go. So these are the the long version. I quite like these. Um, we have two other versions. There's the heated version, which is kind of nice. Uh, very hard to do this black on black. Uh, this is not exactly the same material. This is um, full. It's just a fleece material. Very nice and warm again. Um, it has a hole for your thumb. And then the nice part about it is that it has a little pocket in here. It's going to be impossible to show you. But there's a pocket right, right here where you can slip inside a hand warmer. So the hand warmer goes in. Uh, it keeps either the inside or outside of your hand nice and warm depending on which way you, you put them on. I'd recommend keeping this part warm. That's the kind of important part for your fingers moving uh, and will allow you to play uh, like in a really cold parade or a funeral or, or anything like that. Um, outside in the cold, damp, it's really a kind of a great thing to have to keep warm. Uh, the last version we have are called the wristy shorts. And they're essentially exactly the same uh, as the heated ones, except these don't have a heating pack or a place for them. So um, they step up in price from the short to the heated to the pro. Um, and like I said, really kind of a nice product to have on a, on a cold day uh, or for you know solo competitions at 8 a.m. in the morning. You know, even during the uh, – sometimes during the summer, it can get kind of cold at 8 a.m. if you're – you're on really early, these would be a, a savior for that kind of competition. If, you, if, you, if you're um, competing here on the East Coast, there's a, a you, can, you can name the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> circuit that, that are, you know, you're waking up at 8 a.m. And, and it's just, you know, impossible to get through whatever you're getting through at that point. Um, yeah. Have you ever, ever, ever actually ever used those through a whole uh, parade session or competition session where you're wearing Let's see. Your... No, not through a whole... Uh, parade or anything like that, but uh, I've used them piping before several times. They're they're quite great. Um, yeah, keep I, you really I, warm and, I mean, and it, everything's moving I loose. I, I can I can think of like numerous occasions where I wish I had those with the heater in there. Yeah, I tell you, I will Super. be using them this season during the competition season. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. That's uh, today's kind of product review. I wanted to hear it too. <laughs> not happening sorry i already did my practice session for today there it is oh you can only practice once in a day all right well uh 
Um, well, that's pretty good. I mean, um, uh, Vin, I mean, you know, tell us what's going on in Pie Packer this week and uh, any, anything good that we need to know. Anything like any sort of thing on Pie Packer that can tie together today's theme. Ties together. Well, I, I, yeah, like I said, I republished my uh, my post, you know, hacking your own inner piping judge. Um, Perfect. And it has a couple of downloads where I sort of reconfigured a, uh, a typical Eastern score sheet for your own use for P-Brock and uh, light music. So you can practice your own uh, judging skills in the process of listening to your own recordings and and perhaps, uh, you know, ripping yourself to shreds or uh, <laughs> giving yourself first prize. Um, so, can you uh, give yourself like? Can you give yourself arbitrary uh, arbitrary number values for different aspects of the <laughs> exactly? Equipment? I think you can. You're <laughs> free to do whatever you want. You want to reconfigure the entire judging system? You can do that. So it's within your power. Um, so in addition to that, I've got a new small tunes podcast up. Um, my lady's gown. There's gears upon it, which uh, a good <coughs> two and a half minutes of listening. Uh, a new a new installment of Pipers. Up on the on the site as well, um, you know, and uh, things coming down the pike, little by little, as inspiration strikes. Yeah, well, um, I think without further ado, I'm gonna play um, now. Vin, maybe you can uh, upload your MP3 there uh, down at the bottom. So um, do I do it that? would be <laughs> click the down arrow, and then there's the share document option. And uh, that should be good to go. All right, let me just hit it. Oh, looks like something's happening. Oh, and we lost Vin. Well, now nothing's happening. I'll have to wait for him to come back. I'll just uh, give Vin a couple seconds here. It's been acting funny today, hasn't it? Like the slightest thing happens and it boots people off. But, uh, yeah, does anyone know any jokes? <laughs> All right, well, here's what we'll do. Um, let me, uh, let's do this. We'll play some music while we wait for him to come back. Um, how about an SFU MSR uh, from uh, the world's last year? Play a little bit of that. Oh, guess viewer three is now Vinjanowski. It's all very strange. didn't work out so well. It was a complete and total crash and then I tried it. Do you want to try it one more time then? Uh, sure. Not sure if, if, I, if I don't come back. Uh, yeah, if you don't come back, I've got a backup day. plan this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll try it again. <laughs> it's been acting pretty quirky today. I hope... Um, Hope there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I think we got we got action here. That's good. There's an upload happening. 
Yeah, and then John, I, I've noticed it's been kicking. It, well, it kicked us off too. I wonder if it's just if there's some sort of quirky connection or something. But no, I think we're we survived, and, and uh, we'll be back to play another day. So anyway, uh, to finish off the show, here's Beaches of Harris from um, the Affirmation CD that SFU released. It was our last live CD, and apparently they're going to be playing this on Friday, and uh, along with other new material. So anyway, thanks for joining us today. Sorry for the technical glitches, but, uh, you know, it, it'll happen. And, you know, we, we're, we're just, we enjoy having laid back discussions about piping and uh, inviting you to join us. So, uh, yeah, it looks like Adobe just made an update. So anyway, uh, go ahead, Vin, press play, and we'll see everybody next week. Time and reigning world champions, we are Simon Fraser University Pipe Band. Now it's going to start for real.